Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. With Dr. Dan Critchett, Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctor is in. Now here is your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. We are very happy to welcome you to Second Half Now. And this is, as the announcer said, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. You know who you are. If you are 50 plus, you're part of our audience. If you're under 50, we'll let you listen into this one show. But there, we do have our club here, our rules, right, guys? Right. I haven't even introduced <laughs> the guys yet, but I'm going to in a minute because we have a very important subject to talk about. And I know I say that every time. Every, every guest, I say we have something really important to talk about today. So, but this one, um, we have discussed it before. Uh, one of our guests was in uh, recently, and uh, we talked about it a little bit. Now we have another guest, and the two of them are going to uh, share with us on this important subject. Here it is. Experience has shown that when an emergency or crisis hits a community, people turn to churches. They are looking for help, shelter, food, water, safety, human connection, and hope. And unless you are 100% sure that no emergency will ever happen in your church neighborhood, it's wise to be prepared. So I want you to listen carefully to what we're going to talk about. As a pastor, I would ask it this way. If your church is not willing and ready to help people in a time of significant need, then what are you there for? The title for today's show is this. When an emergency happens, what will your church do. And uh, we're going to have some help and some resources and some compelling uh, reasons why being uh, ready and getting ready is helpful. Our guests today are going to help us get a handle on that. So let's talk about it. When an emergency happens, what will your church do? Special guests in studio today, Dan Terry and Eric Cummings, representing the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum. And that's a long handle but if you go to our website, secondhalfnow.com, there's a link right there. Just click on that title and you'll get some more information. But it is the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum. Every one of those words is an important part of what you guys are doing, right? So thank you for coming in today, Dan Terry and Eric Cummings, and welcome to Second Half Now. Thanks for having us. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks. All right. We've known each other for a while. We've worked together on a variety of different projects, and we have a high regard for one another. We're in kind of some different circles in terms of the Christian community, uh, pastors and ministry leaders and so forth. And um, that's why I feel very confident having you guys in here, because I know you speak from your heart and you speak from experience and you speak from a position of leadership and being uh, highly regarded in the community. So I'm happy to have you guys here. Let's uh, start by talking about, and I, I've got it on my list that we're looking at, it says the biblical mandate uh, for the body of Christ to serve people, and specifically in times of chaos and crisis. And Eric, I like what you were saying when we uh, uh, were kind of uh, gearing up and get ready, and you were referring to the New Testament reference in Hebrews talking about Noah. So uh, give us that background a little bit. Well, he, Hebrews eleven seven, <clears throat> and um, you know, let me just... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote it right out of the Bible, English Standard Version. Good idea. Uh, Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. 
And Dan, that uh, I brought that up because that really speaks to my heart. That um, you know, as things yet unseen, and mm-hmm. you know, people thought he was crazy. 144 years building. What are you doing building a boat? You know, and they, but uh, he knew God spoke to him. Something's coming, and it's going to happen. And you know, he was faithful to that. And I think that's what we need to do as not only Christians and believers, but as part of a larger organization called the church is to be prepared because you know we need to take care of our household and part of that household i believe is the church mm-hmm. and i like that phrase in there that says um that he didn't know uh, as yet unseen as i yet think unseen. was the phrase that you read and here's the the key that strikes me is it didn't say it in that particular text but if you look back in genesis uh God told Noah to build an ark, mm-hmm. and he gave him dimensions and the kind of wood and all the pieces and everything else. And um, it was it was going to rain because uh, the thing to Noah is it had never rained before. That's right. And so, you know, here oh, we are right. in that's our right. community, you know, whatever it is. Well, we've never had one of those, or that hasn't happened mm-hmm. here, or it's happened once, but it was a long time ago. I mean, whatever it is we're thinking about that falls under the category mm-hmm. of crisis or emergency, we don't know. Good. I like that for a start. That's good. Dan, you have one. In fact, you had several that you were talking about earlier. Yes, and I gave them to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the, a reference uh, down. How, how about, uh, I like Proverbs twenty four twenty seven. Do you still have that one on your uh, phone? I'll have to pull it up here in my okay. Bible. Yes. That's a copy. Uh, what did we do before these things, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Proverbs twenty seven eleven. Uh, you know, much of what we've been doing with building this event came from what we feel is a initiative that was given to us by God to, to really make mm-hmm. sure that the area was prepared. And um, what was it, 2711? 2427 uh, is one of the ones I wrote down. Yeah. And, uh, and so much of what we've embarked on here was to, to really reach out and, and prepare the community. So uh, Proverbs uh, 27, 2427, prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house, and uh, you know I think that's really important. That the initial preparation is, is uh, for many people hasn't been taken. Uh, you know any initiative, as we talked about. I think when I was on the radio show before, it's like doing a living will and a trust. Most families right. haven't even done that, right? And uh, but just being prepared enough for that initial emergency, even if it's for a few days, is essential. Sure. And I like to ask the question backwards and say, what happens if you don't? Right. What mm-hmm. happens if you die and leave your family and you haven't prepared? You don't have life insurance. Or you don't have any of those things. What happens then? And then, you know, that puts the reality to it. So what happens if an emergency happens, <coughs> excuse me, comes to our area and uh, you aren't ready? What about your family? You know, you mm-hmm. don't even have, a, you know, a 72-hour emergency right. kit from Costco. Right, you've got yeah. nothing. So, I mean, that kind of puts the reality to it. So, here's a great question for you, and I just brought it up what you were saying, Dan. Is you know, when, when's we all know the whole, when, when's a good time to have your will? Well, before I die. Okay, <laughs> so when's a good time to be prepared for a disaster? Um, before it before happens. a disaster, yeah. and when's there that going to be? Yeah, we don't know. There you go. We don't know. Yeah. So I was asking rhetorically the question before we started is, um, uh, will a 9.0 earthquake mm-hmm. uh, occur in Portland? And the answer is we don't know, but it could. Mm-hmm. I was just seeing uh, they're they're rolling out um, the panic button again about the uh, San Andreas fault, and about mm-hmm. a uh, seven point eight hitting mm-hmm. there, and um, thousands of people dying and billions of dollars of damage. And they say it's it's closer now than it's ever been. I suppose that's an obvious statement, but 
But let me let me pause for a minute and identify you guys and what your role is uh, with this event. It's, it's coming up down the road a ways. Sure. We're, we're talking November. But you guys are very instrumental, very fundamentally involved in kind of putting the whole thing together, mm-hmm. dreaming it, envisioning it, and getting the pieces. So, Dan, let's start with you. What is your role with this event? So uh, our company, Genesis Event Management, I'm a managing partner, and I'm also the <clears throat> executive director for this program. So okay. I'm, I'm kind of the, essentially the lead in building and designing the program and, and working with our sales, business development, and uh, our strategic development with partners and advisory members in the, in the state, in, in southwest Washington. So, And you're not new at this. No, I, I've, I've many years. I tried to run from the event business years ago, but it called me back in. It and, did, uh, yeah. And the Lord, uh, the Lord gave me the desires of my heart, and yeah. uh, that was to be in this business, which is where I'm meant to be. So. Yeah, good. So. And we'll get some contact info a little bit later. But right now, so you're the executive director of this event, and mm-hmm. this is the the last word is forums plural because you're forums. planning to, for this to occur in various places across the country. Yeah, we we have uh, identified about six other cities right now okay. across the country. Uh, we started development in a couple of those cities. We've actually partnered with another organization that primarily focuses on IT security, IT events. They've been mm-hmm. around for about 15 years. So we saw an opportunity to use their expertise to combine with what we're doing in other cities sure. okay. across the country. And, uh, and so uh, they already have a market and platform space and all these markets. So we see an opportunity to really go Good. and help people quickly. Now, that IT security is that, and I'm just imagining because I um, don't know for sure, but in the event of emergency, maybe all of our uh, security systems, our uh, you know our websites and our privacy and everything is mm-hmm. compromised or can be oh, yeah. right. So that's that's why that that part of it is relevant. Yeah, the biggest part of that is business continuity. Right. I mean, okay. really big focus of this program for the first time that we've we've identified is bringing businesses and nonprofit to the table at a large scale to meet with in, in with the organizations that are doing great planning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it builds a united community and a community that's collaborating on a front they may not have have met with before. Right. Uh, and in that, you have issues with business continuity and businesses need to get back up and running for the economy for their employees. So it's it's everything from the insurance to the technology, but that's also large organizations that provide technology. And, right. Uh, and then that's disaster recovery. Uh, you know, the storage-related issues as well as pre- preventative-related issues with right. IT security. So, And we're so dependent on IT mm-hmm. in a variety of different ways that uh, if an emergency strikes and you go to Safeway and there's no milk and eggs uh, on right. the shelves, yeah. it might be because of the IT system yeah. and everything else that connected with that. We had an IT emergency in our home this weekend, Uh-oh. and so I had teenage daughters panicking and falling apart for, <laughs> for 24 hours. What, and I the realized was down; they couldn't I, get. Netflix I realized or... what was going to happen on a small scale, <laughs> yeah, knowing yeah. that the technician would soon be out. You're right. Uh, and right. so, you know, to put that on a large scale, there'll be sheer panic. I'm sure oh, that yeah. some of these phones aren't working. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, Dan, um, um, executive director of this event of these events. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Cummings, tell Present. us about. Yes, you are here. I see I that. I yes, am. I'm taking attendance and asking for your participation. <laughs> well, let's see. We, I think Dan and I went back and forth a couple of times trying to figure out. Well, what is what is exactly we're going to call that? I do, and you know, I, I think um, it kind of sums it up. Is is you know the director of church and community collaboration. Uh, because in a disaster, it um, community, we all understand community, we understand a business, and part of a vital part of that uh, community role is the church. And uh, you know, like you said, you know, Dan, this isn't uh, his first go around. Well, 
Um, in disaster relief, I, I like to say this ain't my first rodeo either. Mm-hmm. It's a good Texas phrase. Um, <clears throat> I've been blessed to, well, blessed if you look at it from my eyes, from back in 2001 when Tropical Storm Allison hit in, <clears throat> excuse me, Houston. That was the first major disaster itch that I got. And ever since then, I've been involved in disaster relief on the church and community level organizing churches, working with pastors, working with community leaders for not only preparedness, but uh, response and relief afterwards. And so that's you know, something that you know, Dan and I talked about that I could, I could actually try and help out a little bit is to bring that collaboration together mm-hmm. because it's such a vital role in it. And with my, you know, my experience, I think that uh, that's going to be a great part of of the forum, and it's going to actually be, we're kind of doing uh, with the, the leader, the church leadership and the community, we're doing a, a conference within a conference, if you will. So we're shooting for November 2nd of the, the conference, which is the first and second, and um, concentrating on using, utilizing that for a couple of major breakout sessions for church leaders and community leaders mm-hmm. to come in and hear about some of the aspects of what it is for the disaster preparedness and response okay. after a disaster. So it's pretty cool how we can do that, and I know it's um, it's just going to be a, a huge event for up here and a launching pad for, for what God wants to do across the country. I don't think there's an American alive that has knows anything about what's been going on in our country and around the world that would say, well, th- there's not likely to have any emergency happen in my neighborhood because, I mean, things are happening all the time. I really like... Having you two guys together working in this, because Dan, with all of your event management experience mm-hmm. and leadership, and Eric, you've been on the ground. I mean, you see people. Boots on the ground, yeah. Yeah, you, you have been with people when disaster has hit them, whether they were prepared or not. And you see all the messiness and all the panic and all the, all the very, very tough times of life in that, in that experience. And, in fact, you, you've, you have your own organization. And uh, what was that? Are you still functioning under? Uh... Um, I do. My, I, my, I have my own 501c3. Yeah, and that yeah, is, yeah. Since I've been up here the last year and a half, it's kind of been shelved. It's Compassion Organization for Relief Efforts. Okay, core. That's, that's, what it, that's core. And that's yeah. what it, it concentrates on is the, the preparedness and uh, relief afterwards. Uh, right. But like I said, it's just kind of shelved. I'm not bringing it out for anything to do with the EPLF. That's where God's got me focused right now. Right. And I'm just uh, looking at your experience because I'm... Oh, when, yes. Because <clears throat> I, I would not be very resourceful because I've not really been on the ground in a situation like that. So to have you two guys working together, it's very synergistic to yeah. have you guys uh, bringing it together and some pretty uh, some right. pretty good things are happening, pretty big entities and people are coming alongside to be a part of this we uh we actually through our advisory uh process which we're still in and will continue to be in till the event's over and then into next year uh we look for feedback from from the community and uh the church piece was very important especially for Mm -hmm. the relief side you know with the relief uh, organizations uh and what we're finding is many churches aren't prepared uh and and is really i think a vital part of of this this whole process is to make sure churches are prepared uh, to serve their communities because that's where people are going to go when it's, when it's disaster strikes. And so through our advisory process, we felt this was really important to make sure that we had a moment, uh, you know, a a part of this event, a silo of this event that was really focused on, on, on leadership within the, with the faith-based community and Eric's experience, which it just made a lot of sense, especially Mm -hmm. since he's been boots on the ground and, 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 
and he's from Texas, so that that's important. <laughs> uh, so uh, we uh, we thought this would be a great fit. It, it takes it's a lot of work to put together an event of this size, so we really need people taking ownership of, of pieces of this within our team. And so Eric fit that pr- pr- really well for us. So. And I will add that as a pastor, I can visualize the various communities that my churches have been in when I've been pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes we're thinking, well, how can we serve our community? Well, we can, you know, provide ho- homes for the homeless and food and shelter. And, you know, we mm-hmm. can do a variety of different things. But could it be that our church, our specific church, and whoever's listening to me, think about your church. Could it be that you are in that community for the very purpose of being in there when people need you? And they need you uh, in a way that they will then realize when that disaster or when that emergency happens. They might need what you have to offer now, mm-hmm. spiritually and relationally, and you know a lot of things we can do to serve our community. But people say, nah, "I got it fine. I get up and I go to work and I, you know, pay my bills and my kids are okay and everything." But uh, could it be that we are in these communities for that very purpose? Mm-hmm. And here's another thought: before we take a break, I want to talk about just real briefly. This wasn't in our plan about the end times or the end mm. of the world. We hadn't thought we hadn't talked about that, but I'll do that right after the break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you, and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's talk about the type of property you are interested in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030. 
We are back and we are picking up our conversation with Dan Terry and Eric Cummings with the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum. Back to that in a moment. I want to give a big thanks and gratitude uh, statement to our sponsors, those that uh, make this show and all of our shows possible. In addition to the ones we just heard, we also want to mention Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial. We want to uh, mention Dream Trips, Portland City Acupuncture, the Next Phase Coaching, and Dr. Dan Miller at Beaverton Chiropractic. So um, I guess I got your attention about the world-ending event, right, Dan? And mm, absolutely. Yeah. Very interested now. Well, you know, you see a catastrophic thing, and, you know, you look into the sky, and you're looking around, and buildings are falling, and I'm, I don't want to paint, paint a horrible scenario here, but I'm just saying <clears throat> when the world ends, it might be preceded excuse me, by one of these catastrophic events. And so people are looking. Maybe that's God's way of providing one last chance to mm. to reconcile the person to himself and say, you know, the world is ending. Mm. Now is your chance to come to faith. Now everything else is gone. There's nothing that you can trust. God has offered uh, salvation as his son one time. And maybe you've passed over it. Maybe you've put it aside. But the church can be there, not only provide, you know, water and food and shelter and everything else for however long the world is, but what about that that offer of salvation by faith? So anyway, I just want to throw that in because I'm a pastor and got to say that. Did you want to follow up on that, Dan? I see you. Well, I, you know, we all think it and we're all, as we're putting this together that, you know, that 9.0 earthquake could, could be devastating here, but we have other aspects of this event that speak to that such as terrorism and uh, right. know, other related issues right. that we're dealing with right now. So, you know, that seems to be the, 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 the mark of conversation in the, in the Northwest and the West coast is, is that disastrous earthquake, but there are multiple other things that we'll deal with in this event. So, you know, we, we, we understand that catastrophic event. It could be, could be, you know, significant, but preparation comes down to just, doing the little things that matter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's if that's all you can do, you know, Good. we want to break it down to a small level for folks. Sure, right. Even having that bug out bag in your in your garage for you and your kids and you know your family to mm -hmm. have water and some protein bars and, and and there's even a company that we have found that does emergency food for dogs and oh, animals. Sure. That's okay. high protein yeah. bars uh -huh. that one bar a day will yeah. last them and sustain them. So all those things are important for a family and let's just, you know, those are if nothing else, you know, you have the peace of mind of that. Right. And then, you know, some. Good. Yeah. I like that. Eric, did you want to weigh in on that? Well, you know, I, I'm going to put it in perspective that I understand. When you when you said world ending, I thought on the grand scale. Then when you started talking about it, it's like, you know, when, when something, a major disaster, I don't care if it's tornado, hurricane, wildfires, whatever, I've been through them all. What, what I've seen is it's that person's world that's involved in that. That will never be the same. Right. So the world as they knew it ended with what that, yeah. that event was. Good. That's so, a good point. So, I mean, yeah. that's what I want to tie into that. And I agree with Dan. It's like, you know, whatever. We may see it as the 72-hour bug-out bag or or the, the generator, solar generator, mm -hmm. whatever. We may see that. Mm -hmm. It's just, well, it's just a little thing. Well, yeah, but many people doing the little things together that's what makes the community the community when it when something does happen because if you don't have this you can go to your neighbors and oh yeah i've got that and that's that's what happens mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, very good. And That's I like the other way it. you put that because when your world changes, my world changes when the power went out one evening not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around, where are my... I, I had candles and matches, but I was looking for mm-hmm. uh, more of a, more of a what do you call it, like a lantern kind of a thing that could provide light in I the room. You mentioned that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, sitting in the dark, it's thinking like, gosh... I, it, can we get the lights back on? Uh, we just depend on these things so much. So let's uh, just get our minds focused on the various kinds of catastrophes or disasters or emergencies that are happening around the world, and we don't know where, and we don't know where we're being listened to. I mean, I That's say right. that our podcasts are available around the clock and around the world. So wherever, whether you're in the Philippines or in Tokyo or in New York City or in Portland, Oregon. So um, I've got a list here. I don't know if this is exhaustive, but um, I'll start with earthquakes. So we've had a couple of scares up here, and uh, they're uh, elsewhere around. So just picture that and picture a, uh, a news report with those uh, with all the disaster that happens with an earthquake. Just recently, Ecuador and Japan, mm-hmm. Yeah, within the last month. Right, yeah. And, and we've had multiple earthquakes off the coast uh, on a smaller scale. One of the challenges, though, is a lot of our buildings and a lot of our structures are not prepared. Not ready. They're not retrofitted to fit, right. to handle this. And we can't be responsible. I mean, we can't do that. But we can take care of our family and our neighborhood and mm-hmm. our community. Well, business, businesses can definitely look at building a plan and having some that's resources right. for their employees. Okay. okay. And, and, or having a plan on where do we go if the buildings, if we're able to leave right. here, to your church or to a church that's local. That's right. Uh, that church, would be critical, school, especially the churches downtown Portland of all faiths will need to be resource yeah. centers. So. And we do want to focus on the church, and we're going to have to carry over to part two because we are we got the flash sign from the engineer through the glass here, and he says we're running out of time. So uh, let me uh, wrap up this way on this part. We'll carry over to part two. We have Derry, Terry, Dan... <laughs> Dan Terry, <laughs> either either or, it's like, uh, uh, yeah. Dan Terry and uh, Eric Cummings in here with the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum, and we have some uh, great other programs. Did I say that right? Okay, I thought I heard you say. Wait a minute. <clears throat> okay, we have uh, a couple of mayors coming in to talk about how boomers can be involved in the community. Uh, doing some uh, some important projects. We have um, an estate planning attorney coming in to talk about how to get ready with that part, protect your family and protect your assets. We have a travel specialist coming in. Uh, that's kind of a new one, and uh, that's going to be uh, interesting. How, how does travel fit in with uh, you finding and fulfilling your calling and getting that rest and refreshment and recreation uh, that you need so you can get back and get to to the things that count in your life so we have lots of good shows and you can go anytime around the clock and around the world to secondhalfnow.com and go to our uh, um, podcast it doesn't say podcast it says uh, radio archive yeah and uh, dial up those part one and part two for all of our shows so we want to encourage you to tune in every monday 5.30 to 6 p.m. and KKPZ 13.30. And then go to uh, here. Uh, we get uh, just part one on the radio and then part one and two as a podcast on the website, secondhalfnow.com. If you have any uh, questions, if you want to get in touch with uh, Dan Terry or Eric Cummins, Cummings and want to learn more about the event that's coming and you want to know more because we can't cover it all right now, just go to uh, our website and uh, fill out a question or a contact form and We'll get that taken care of. When an emergency happens, what will your church do? I want to thank you for listening today. Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. And let's continue the conversation with 
Dan Terry and Eric Cummings with Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum on Part 2, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. With Dr. Dan Critchett, Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctor is in. Now here is your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. I'm going to welcome you to uh, part two of our show, and the title of this show is this, When an Emergency Happens. What will your church do? And I wonder what you think about even in just hearing that question. You might be thinking if you're a pastor or in leadership of your church, you might be thinking, oh gosh, I don't know what we would do. We probably will have people coming looking for help, but what are we going to do? What have we done? And you know, probably if you're a pastor or in leadership, you know if you have done anything and if so, what that might be. But we're going to get right back into our conversation. I have uh, with me in studio today, Dan Terry and Eric Cummings with the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum, both uh, eminently qualified. Uh, Dan, with a uh, long career of large event management, and Eric, uh, hands-on, boots-on-the-ground, heart and soul in helping people recover from uh, the disasters that have already hit. We were, as we finished up um, part one, we were uh, just kind of going through a list of the kinds of emergencies that... Uh, could happen in any community around the world. I suppose if you aren't, if you're, if you're not anywhere near water, if you're high, uh, at a high elevation, or if you're in the desert, you may not get a flood. But maybe some of these other things. So we were talking about earthquakes, tsunamis, and maybe you have mental pictures of uh, these on the news. Terrorist attacks. And I'm just thinking of San Bernardino fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Everything shuts down. Everybody panics. What do we do? Uh, famine, drought epidemics, floods, fires. What can you guys add to the list? Tornadoes. There you go. Did you you say earthquakes? Uh, I said earthquakes, but I did Mm -hmm. not say... Tornadoes, um, just devastating. I responded uh, to an event in West Texas. I don't know if you guys heard about it up here, but a fertilizer plant exploded. Mm. Yeah. West Texas is very small, Mm -hmm. but it literally took out uh, several blocks surrounding a fertilizer plant. Yeah. And, of course, that shut the whole city down. And, you know, electricity, yeah. power, everything. So there's it's just, I mean, you know, oil spills. There's just many chemical. Down in Houston, we, you know, big chemical area, you know, so you get chemical releases. Well, you got to shelter in place. That mm-hmm. means, you know, you, you have to cover, put stuff under the door, shut the AC, AC off, and shelter in place until they give you the all clear. So it's... There's just so many. Yeah. We don't. We may drive by a place every single day and not realize what they're doing in, in there. You know, and it it could be a chemical plant explosion at some point. So right. there's just so many. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not necessarily a massive thing that uh, you know affects millions of people. It could be just something in your own local That's community. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I, I would even suggest that even a few years ago, it was actually about seven, eight years ago, we had a pretty massive snowstorm in Portland. Mm. And about yeah, two exactly. feet Two feet of snow fell over two weeks ago. 2008. I remember yeah. flying yeah, up there. That's correct. And so, yeah. and even in circumstances like that where we have some flooding here, but, you know, we do have that occasional mm-hmm. ice and snowstorm, the entire city was shut down. People were <laughs> isolated with no food mm-hmm. and resources. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, right. Uh, and so if nothing else from a, from a standpoint of situations that do occur on an occasion here in the northwest preparedness is important you know just to know because sometimes it takes you know our utility workers some time to get to everyone and uh, they're working long hours in those conditions and uh, so it's critical so those are it goes down to the basic elements of just dealing with with you know weather in the uh, Mm -hmm. right in the and then even drought situations right and we've i know around the country we're seeing that more and more but just even having the water in case there's issues with water and stuff. Right. Is really even a simple power outage, you know, can, yeah. co- oh, particularly if it's sustained over a period of time, what do, what do people do? So as a, as a pastor, I want to think those are the times then the church can shine. That's right. Those are the times when the church that was sitting on the corner in the community was functionally, I use this term in my training, functionally irrelevant because people drive by, they're living their lives, they're mm-hmm. doing their thing and say, well, I don't need church right now. But all of a sudden, when emergency strikes, whatever it is, and however big it might be, the church all of a sudden has the opportunity mm-hmm. to be very relevant to the community. So what kinds of things are in place and coming together with this whole emergency preparedness? And I know it goes far beyond the forums that, that you guys are working mm-hmm. on. But what else? What's, what's kind of gathering together for, for this realization that we need to be ready? Well, so from a from a uh, disaster standpoint, we're seeing more earthquakes, you know, happening on a on a small level, which is leading uh, scientists to believe that we have something much larger coming. We've also had, uh, you know, workplace in school shootings, mm-hmm, workplace mm-hmm. violence. Uh, you know, we have a, we're in a very tumultuous time in this country. So knowing the things we've seen an example of across the country, preparation is just is it shouldn't be fear driven. It should, it, but it, it definitely. It should be an initiative that families take uh, and, and businesses and, you know, communities take seriously uh, because we don't know what that's going to be. Right. We don't know. And it could be the worst, but you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best. Right. And, and even if it's minimal, uh, you as a neighbor, not just a church, but as a neighbor, you may need to be there for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly th- right. that'll be critical. Mm-hmm. So you may be the church in your community. And, yeah, good point. And that's right. critical that right. uh, there may be one lampstand on that block, mm-hmm. and that may be you. And uh, and a great time to minister and mm-hmm. to, to reach out to people is in that time of a yeah. disaster. So for such a time as this, exactly. So let's uh, pivot and now kind of focus on because you both have told me that uh, the the response locally has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That people, I mean, from the governor's office or the mayor's offices and others, have said, "Oh my gosh, we've been waiting for something like this." But we could easily get off onto the other, you know, the businesses and the government right. and all of that stuff. But for the purpose of this show, I want to focus on the church. And uh, Eric, I think you were saying that um, CityServe and the Palau organization, they're coming on board and they have some things or they're moving in that direction. You also mentioned the YMCA. And uh, mm-hmm. so let, let's go down that trail, see what is coming together, what what is being raised up for churches being that help and hope in times of a disaster. Well, one the gentleman that um, has been charged, if you will, for several years with uh, establishing and and kind of carrying on the 
collaboration between church and schools here in the Portland area for the Palau Association. Uh, Larry Whittlesey, he is, uh, he's done quite a, uh, an excellent job on that. And that's, um, that's you know, the network there between the churches and the schools there. Right. That's something that the Palau Association can help as, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to be a sponsor or anything, but, you know, they may. But, <laughs> but to be that person, that entity that can open up that network that we will, you know, because they have the influence with them. So to open up that pastor's network uh, that has a relationship with the schools and able to be able to start just planning on that and just, you know, meeting with the pastors, mm-hmm. maybe in uh, larger events or one-on-one, and just walking them through what the process <clears throat> is of what, you know, it's not a matter of, of if, it's a matter of when. So when, like you said, what are you prepared for? And how can we help you prepare for that? That's huge. And then... Um, just as God would have it, Mr. Whittlesey, he's also connected with the YMCA on a local and a national level. And that also is going to be a place that, because YMCAs, they're everywhere, uh, and they're across the country, and they're here, you know, several locations. And those are community gathering points already right. for the communities they're right. in, just like the right. churches. So it's just a natural fit that, you know, I, I was led to make that connection because those entities, those locations— can also be utilized in a, in a disaster or you know a crisis event mm-hmm. to where they can open up for the shelter and they can offer trainings and stuff for the community to help them get prepared so that's a huge connection coming coming through and uh, just the the different pastors networks in the area that i'm 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 going to start working with and also the like you mentioned um as a lead into one of your other shows the local mayors and stuff in the local cities right that's another target where i'm going to go because you've got to have the the local uh, community the church and the, the the local governmental agencies working together and having that plan together because when something hits it's mass chaos it's just chaos right but if you've got that foundation built then you have that network to work with and that's what we call uh, the net that works. The net that works. And, uh, and our team is doing a lot of development work, and, and as we run across opportunities, as we build them, we're handing those to Eric to work on. So as an example, I had extensive conversations with Union Gospel Mission, Portland Rescue Salvation Mission, Army. and Salvation mm-hmm. Army yesterday in this last couple of weeks. So not sure what the, the roles of those organizations are going to be, uh, but I know that there are some discussions on how we may be able to support them monetarily through the process, uh, especially you know uh, building partnerships like with the Salvation Salvation Army, uh, and that will support Eric's initiative oh, with with the, yeah, with the event. Yeah. So it's a it's this is a faith based opportunity, mm-hmm. and a lot of organizations can play a part. So not just the churches, not just the parachurch ministries, That's but right. also a number of That's associations right. and, and communities uh, and yeah. organizations out there. So something that just came to mind was you know we're talking about preparedness and what we're doing here. I think a major part of what we're doing, Dan, both Dan's, Dan and Dan, is bringing the awareness because in. How are you, how can we expect anybody to be prepared ourselves if we're not aware if we're not aware mm-hmm. of what the need mm-hmm. is and how to go about that if we're aware then we can prepare yeah and I think I think some of what's happened you know it's the the whole prepper aspect in community is really given this that oh that's the preppers we don't yeah. need to do that the survivalists the survivalist. so much yeah. more uh-huh. but in yeah. reality is uh, you know all those things are those those same resources that 
the quote unquote preppers are, are tapping into, those resources are available for everyday businesses, consumers. There's there's organizations that sell the businesses, That's right. first aid and emergency right. kits, right. Uh, you know, survival kits, and those organizations we've 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 talked to. So pastors uh, and and parachurch and, and faith based organizations. Uh, leaders are going to be able to come to this event just like a business person would or right. or a family person would or government or nonprofit person would and have the same access to vendors that might they may be able to buy resources right. from or have the same opportunity to go to attend an educational session on emergency preparedness mm-hmm. that gives them at least the USA Today or nuts and bolts. You know, I don't have to go mm-hmm. to college to be an emergency prepared person. Right. But I do need to know, here's my checklist. Right. And this is what I, if it's an earthquake, I go left. And if it's something else, I go right, you know. Because so. I think we typically don't know what we might need until someone That's who's exactly right. mm-hmm. been there, done that, can say, like you say, Dan, a, a checklist. And, um, you know, some of the simplest things that uh, should be on that list that maybe we wouldn't think of. I want to bridge back to what you were saying, Eric. When you mentioned Larry Whittlesey, I had a meeting with him yes. yesterday. And we are talking about, uh, and just to clarify, he is the director of the School Partnership Network, where amazingly, in the Portland region, 350 public schools, not Christian schools, public schools are partnering with their nearby churches to ask the question and to answer the question, how can we serve our neighborhood Mm -hmm. and and our families? So I'm just thinking, I don't know if this is on your agenda, and, and maybe you're already down the track on this, but what about a church or a pastor? The, the meetings are pastors and principals getting together and Absolutely. saying, what, are we, what can we do? What if the pastor um, you know, goes across the street or down the, down the street you know, to the principal and says, our church would like to help uh, be a place of refuge you know, in the event that your school uh, you know, has an emergency. I mean, it could be a fire. It could be, you know, anything else. You're spot We're on. there. We're there for you. And then in the interim, while offering that preparation, there's lots of other stuff you can do to, to you know, uh, work with that connection. And it's amazing what churches and mm-hmm. public schools are doing together to serve the community, to serve the people, the, the families of, of those neighborhoods. That's the biggest thing. And what Through our advisor feedback, it's the schools and the churches. So the connection, yeah. the connection that Eric has made with Larry and, and, and the, really the opportunity for churches and schools to collaborate, um, some of our advisors have suggested that's the critical piece because that's where everybody's going to go. Regardless of where you're at, they're going to go to the nearest church or nearest school. Many mm-hmm. schools have done some preparation work already. Mm-hmm. Right. Many churches have done some preparation work already. But I would say for the most part, most have not. Uh, there's a lot of uh, room to do some planning and preparation, sure. and it's not too late. It's not too right. late now to put safety people or facility people or planning people in place in your organization. And I don't want to catch you off guard with this question, but what are some practical things that a church could offer to a school where the pastor and maybe someone else from the church goes over to the principal, I mean, with an appointment, and and say, here are some things that we are prepared to offer. Can you can you say what some of those things might be that, uh, I mean, I know it depends on what the disaster is and mm-hmm. what happens and who's where, but what are some of the practical things that a pastor who's listening right now or a leader in a church say, gosh, yeah, we could probably, uh, our folks can, uh, can make that preparation or offer that to the schools. Anything come to mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, I've, I've dealt with it several times. Sure, yeah. 
Um, what the, you know, the churches once what they can offer the school and the pastors is you know what because every church is not going to be the same of what they're led to do as a church right. to respond to this disaster. <laughs> so it has to. It's almost it's, it's almost case by case, if you will. So if, if you know one of the churches is they feel that they're being led to where they can offer that. Not counseling, but that kind of grief care afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, they can be trained on that, and they can offer that to the schools. Like because when the school is affected in the community, every kid and every parent in that is going to be affected. And you know, they can offer the church can then offer once they have their trained people to say, you know, we can offer this for you. And with the whole network of churches, what churches can also offer is having that. That ability to say, we know the whole community, whole area here, what is available at different places. So let's find out where your children, where your families are located, and you know, find out what they need, and we can direct them in where in the community they're at. Mm-hmm. So it's a resource. Sure. It can be a resource. They can help offer with grief care. They can offer with helping, you know, distribute food. Um, it's just many different areas they can help. So, you know, Dan, you're Mr. Terry, I have to get that right. Dan T, you're, you guys are spot Mr. on with that collaboration <laughs> because there's so much that can happen. Yeah, I, this was a vision that I had when we started this program is that we'd be working with church leaders. But I think something really critical as far as outreach is an opportunity to leave this program after it's completed with with a, with an education or a certification process for somebody yes. in every church that can be a liaison to their community for emergency preparedness. It's a great outreach tool. I think it's a, it's an initiative that churches should look at uh, because if you have a point person that's really kind of, I'm the emergency preparedness person, it's a great outreach tool to be able to have classes in the church yes. or coordinate them in the schools if they're willing to let that happen, and ch- churches can use that as outreach. And I think... Um, I think that would be significant. I mean, that's the same issue. That issue is the same issue across the board with businesses and other organizations we're dealing with. We're looking at ways to certify businesses to say, I went to this class and I have somebody on our team that's designated mm-hmm. as the emergency you know, services person in our company where we normally didn't have one. Because government offices have emergency mm-hmm. planning professionals sure, right. where a lot of businesses, it's just a facility manager mm-hmm. uh, or somebody that's just maybe the secretary. You're the person in charge of that. So some coordination and some certification process. And, and our education partners, if you look on our website, we have a growing list of education partners. We're in the process uh, of securing a couple of larger ones right now, working to develop a relationship with the University of Oregon and some of their departments. But Concordia has a fantastic program where they do, uh, you know, field training. and uh, They so. do, right. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. <clears throat> That's my alma mater, by the way. Oh, it is. Okay, congratulations. We have so much to cover. We, we don't have enough time, but we're going to take one last break. And when we come back, I'm going to suggest something that any pastor can do in their community mm-hmm. without, you know, stacking up food in the basement or anything, but one thing that a pastor can do and should do right when we get back. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. 
Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Life changes have happened and it's time to sell your house. That can be a difficult process when you've lived there for decades, especially under tragic circumstances like losing a spouse. 24-7 Properties takes the time to go over the details of your unique situation and understand your needs. We do what we can to maximize the value of your home. Learn online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 247 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 503-780-3030. We are back for the last segment of our show called When an Emergency Happens, What Will Your Church Do? And that is a very serious question. It's not just rhetorical And as a pastor myself, I say, I want to get on board with this, and I want to help churches in my denomination and in my region to really answer that question. But here's what I was saying before the break. The one thing that a pastor can do and can do it this week that would start this process and would be something that that every pastor should, not only should just think about doing, but should do. And Pastor, you want to go... Um, you want to pick up the phone or send an email to the principal of a public school, whether it's an elementary school, a middle school, high school, whatever else, and uh, go see the principal, and here's what you say. You say, Mr. or Mrs. Principal, if at any time your building needs to be evacuated, we want you to know that you, your students, can come to our church for refuge, for whatever needs to take place. We can call the parents, you know, we can do whatever, but my church facility will be a place of refuge if your building or any of your buildings needs to be Mm -hmm. evacuated. That's a good way to open up that conversation and to get started. What do you guys think? You like that idea? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. You make that initial (coughs) connection and then... Yeah, who knows where that could lead. Exactly right. You know, because uh, a month later you might be able to say, oh, by the way, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss Principal... Um, you know, our, the folks at our church have some other things that they have thought that they might want right. to put together. I mean, whether it's, you know, first aid or whether it's food or water or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
So, Eric, I'm looking at you because you want to say something to the pastors about, because here's, here's my thing. If you to call me and say, Pastor, we want you to get on board, and here's the manual, and we want you to kind of carry this thing, to champion this thing, I'm saying, you know, it might be a good cause, but there are a thousand good causes out there, and I'm really full. That's right. My plate is full. In fact, I'm like at a smorgasbord. You know, I've got multiple plates, and they're all full. So, but you have some good words to share with the pastors. Well, it depends on if you're, um, yes, I do have good words. Let's put it that way. I've, I've said it to many of pastors when I just meet them. It's like, what what I want to convey to all the pastors in, in the Portland metro area, wherever they are, is like, this is, I mean, what, what I'm talking about with disasters, emergency preparedness, your role in this whole thing is to say, yes, I think this is a good thing. And then, with all love, I don't want to work with you anymore because you're a busy man. Busy man, busy woman. You've got a lot of stuff going on. But once you see the value in what we're talking about, somebody in your church, in your congregation, will come to mind of, you know, my next question is, so who is it that would have a passion to take this on for you in this church? Somebody's going to come to mind. And then that's the one I need to work with, or we need to work with and get interested in this, because they have the passion for it. That takes the pressure off the pastor to have to worry anything about it. The pastor can open sense? the door. Absolutely. Open and, the door. And then, yeah, just let it happen. He's the gatekeeper. Open that gate, and we'll come right. serve you guys. Exactly. I like that. And you'll always report back to the pastor with that team from his church. He's kind of on board, but he doesn't have to do that's a whole right. lot. He just lets right. it, allows it to happen, because he can stop it. Or he can make it happen. That's right. With, with not doing very much either way. So, Dan, you had a thought it looked like maybe. Oh, just um, I, many churches have safety teams and security mm-hmm. teams, and mm-hmm. that's a great right. place. Those, that's probably a great group of people to start working with within your within your churches is to get that group of people or somebody within that group right. that's already volunteering at this moment, and, and uh, I think that would be uh, an effective start. Give us the information as we con- conclude here about the event itself. Uh, November 1st and 2nd, Oregon Convention Center. So this fall. Uh, times are, uh, the, there's a trade show aspect to it only. If you choose to just attend that, uh, it's 10 to 4. However, the conference sessions will be going on from 8 to 5 each day. Uh, there are a number of other VIP receptions and opportunities around the event if you're a registered attendee uh, that you'll have access to. So there's a lot going on over two days. There's probably... 15 or 20 partners doing individual events at the program mm-hmm. with us, uh, it will be significant. And uh, we're just excited that that's um, it's happening. We have pre- presenters, exhibitors, and resources. I, I won't, you can go to our website and look at a lot of that right now. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a ton of information. And over the next week, you'll see a number of updates with speakers, keynotes. Uh, we secured Jeffrey Johnson uh, as keynote for day one, who's the CEO of Western Fire Chiefs Association. And he's the VP of FirstNet, which is the nation's first uh, network for, for uh, dedicated Wi-Fi network for first responders. Mm-hmm. They're based out of Virginia, and he lives here in Oregon. So he's, uh, good. he's a retired fire chief here yeah. in Oregon. So good guy, well-known. And then we have a couple of other uh, significant speakers as well. So And a special track for Second Half Now. Yes, and Second Half Now. And you, you'll yeah. be doing a live radio show all day, right? Uh, yeah. sure. <laughs> Both days. Yeah. Sure. We'll have lots of guests. You, we'll put you in next to, to the, 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 the busy area. Yeah, there you go. EPLF.us. 
Yeah, it's emergency preparedness leadership forums dot com. I know, but and, I know uh, you can get there with a redirect yeah, exactly. by EPLF.us. Okay. Yes. And it's also a link on our website with this radio show. Mm-hmm. You just click on the title and it'll take you there. Go ahead, Eric. Real quick, the last, I just wanted to uh, you know speak on the two um, speakers that I God has allowed me to line yeah. up. One of them is Dr. Doug Stringer. He's out of Houston, Texas. Somebody cares America. Somebody cares international. Thirty years in in the disaster realm. Wow. And the other one I just was able to confirm today is Dr. H. Norman Wright out of California. Excellent. Yeah, you know him. You've heard of him. Mm-hmm. He's an international For author, sure. grief and uh, care, family and uh, you know therapist. So. Those are two of the key speakers for this, the church into this. And I have to just say, good job, Eric. Way to go. That's no, awesome. Good job to you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Deal. That's a big deal. Thank you. Well, this is important stuff. It really is because uh, we live our lives sort of in, you know, we kind of get along and we, everything is okay and we try to maintain some sort of order or predictability mm-hmm. or familiarity. But it isn't going to be that way all the time, and we may wake up or be woken up. That's right. Or might be in the middle of the day, and we want to be ready. Uh, the scripture passages that we started with, I think, told us about being being prepared because who knows when we're going to have the opportunity to serve our neighbors. Hebrews eleven right. seven. Yes. That's the program for today, folks. Uh, we want you to tune in every Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. for the on-air portion and then, of course, you can go to the website, which you are on now, because that's the only way you can listen to part two. <laughs> and the podcasts are available 24-7 around the clock and around the world. If you want to uh, get a free CD of this show or any show, call the station at 503-242-1950, 242-1950. And uh, go to our website, and uh, all the stuff is there. Go to eplf.us. Thank you. So thank you guys for coming in today. You'll come back again? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. we got a ways to go until November. There will be more updates. Excellent. All right, that's it, folks. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. So let's meet again right here on our website, on a podcast, or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. or Saturday, 8 a.m. on the radio. KKPZ, 1330 the truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.